Welcome to the Success IQ podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 77. This episode is sponsored by Rise of the Upreneur, the definitive guide to becoming the go-to leader in your industry and building a future-proof business. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I truly hope you are having a fantastic week. So we have got another great guest for you, Ryan Cote. Now, Ryan is the Director of Digital Services and Partner at Ballantyne, a third-generation family-owned direct mail and digital marketing company based out in Fairfield, New Jersey. With Ballantyne since You've been with Ballantyne since 2003, a family-owned business started in 1966 by his grandfather and great-uncle. Ryan now manages the growing digital marketing division. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeff. I'm really happy to be here. So, Ryan, could you just give us a little bit of a background on your journey that sort of brought you to this place today? Yeah, so I've been I've been at Ballantyne, like you said, since 2003. Um, you know, being that the, it's a family business, though, I've, you know, I used to work uh, in the company during, you know, high school and college break. So I've been at the actual company for, uh, you know, much longer than uh, since 2003, um, out of college, I went, I went to school for marketing out of college. I actually did not join the family business. Though. I, I actually, uh, went to work for a couple of different marketing companies, uh, over two or three years. And then my brother went into the business and, you know, my, my dad and my uncle were already in here, obviously. And so I, I just started to get the itch just thinking, you know, that I, think I want to work with the family. And, and, uh, so I, you know, 2003, I joined the company and, uh, you know, my role here has changed, uh, a little bit over the years. You know, I started out just doing marketing for the company when we did not have a digital division. And then about five years ago, I went to my, uh, to my father and uncle and, uh, said, you know, I think we, I think we need to add a digital division because we were just doing print, you know, direct mail, the stuff you get in your mailboxes. Yeah. And I said that we need to add a digital division to the company. And that was five years ago. Literally it was just me. And then my other brother joined the company. And then from that point forward, I don't know if it was the, the synergy between the two of us, but you know, we now have a full staff of, of different specialists based on, you know, whatever, you know, search engine, optimiz- search engine optimization, social media, et cetera. Um, and that's where I'm at now. Wow. And we, we've got two, we've got a couple of things in common. One, I used to work for my family. Um, in fact, I worked for three family businesses, um, that, which can be interesting and challenging in <laughs> its own, in its own thing. And also my background used to be printing as well. So before I did this, I used to be in screen printing, um, and we moved into digital. So it's quite interesting yeah. how that, how it's changed over, yeah. over the years. Um, and when digital came in very much how it, how it changed as well. So yeah. When you when you got into what sort of drove you into the digital marketing side? What got you interested in that? Well, so you know, outside of Valentine, I've always so I, I'm I consider myself fairly entrepreneurial. I mean, I I guess it's sort of in my blood too, because my grandfather and his and his brother, father, etc. So I've always been very entrepreneurial. So even during high school and college, really college. I just started dabbling online. So I had my own websites, e-commerce websites. I sold stuff on eBay. I did I did affiliate marketing for several years. So I've always been interested in the digital space, really um, created my roots in search engine optimization. And that's really what we started with here at Ballantyne is just SEO because it's what I knew was most comfortable with. Um, and it's evolved from there. But you know, I've always I've always dabbled in you know side businesses you know, in college. And, uh, and that's really where I kind of, I guess the got bitten by the bug, the digital bug. 
Yeah, and one of the topics that keeps um, that often I get um, spoken to when I'm speaking to people, and, and it seems to be getting really, it's really an interesting topic, is SEO. What exactly, for those people who are just starting the business, because we've got people who listen to this show who are just sort of starting out, what exactly is SEO? So SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. It's uh, when you optimize your website for organic traffic. So organic means you know someone goes to Google and they do a keyword search for whatever mm-hmm. they're looking for. And in on the search results page, there's the paid section where you can bid on keywords. And then okay. below that is the organic, you know, quote unquote, when you're doing search engine optimization, you're trying to get your, your website to show up in the organic, you know, quote unquote, free section for whatever keywords are relevant um, to your business. I can give you some tips if you want around that. Yeah, that would be fantastic if you don't mind. Okay, great. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, you know, SEO has changed dramatically uh, since 2012. You know, Google started making a lot of algorithm updates. Um, you know, so the current state of SEO now is much different than it was, you know, six years ago. But to be successful with SEO, it really comes down to a few things. It uh, comes down to having a strong website technically. Um, so that means, you know, fast load speed, great mobile experience, Um sufficient amount of um content you know no broken links so a technically fit website um the second thing is having backlinks to your website so that means like other sites linking back to your website okay so that's google looks at those as votes for your website um that has changed a lot uh you know with google's uh penguin update um but they're still very very important and uh you know the high quality links will still help uh, increase your rankings that's number two and then number three is just having a, a content plan on your website. So you need to have, you know, a blog or a resources section, what have you, and uh, just producing, you know, a steady flow of, of, of really good content that's optimized for the keywords that you want to show for. If you do those three things and you stick it, you stick at it, you stick with it, there's a very good chance you'll see a, an increase in your organic traffic. Okay, so when when someone is is entering these keywords in, is there is there specific uh, platforms that they can use to benefit them on their website, or is it just something that they would um, basically do as a as a point of call when they're writing their content out? It's really uh, you want to make sure your keywords are in um, a few different spots. Uh, okay. It's called, I'm not sure how technical uh, you want me to get here, but like the metadata, the code behind the site, the, the title tag and the, the meta description. You want to make sure your keywords are in there. You want to make sure your keywords are, are in the content of your website. Um, so obviously like the body, uh, headlines. Um, if you have images, you want to make sure that the keywords are uh, are in what's called the alt tags of your website. The key the key thing to, to think about though, Jeff, is that you know because Google is so sophisticated now, you don't have to worry about keyword density. Keyword stuffing is not good. It's not going to help you. It's going, it will hurt you. So while you need to have a clear idea of what keywords you want to rank for and those keywords need to be re- re- reflected in your content, don't overanalyze how many times I'm using a specific keyword. You know, it's, it's, you don't, it's not really necessary anymore. Okay. 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 So what, how does, um, with SEO, how does the, um, the new introduction of the, of the voice work with that does that add another layer of complexity to a website seo or is that a different thing altogether it really does you know that's um that is going to definitely change really everything because um you know it really comes down to having content that's answers questions um 
you can't have a page, for example, that's so focused on one specific keyword like you used to. Back in the day, if you wanted to rank for 50 keywords, you would, you would create 50 pages, one, one page per keyword. Now with the voice search, you need to really have a page that's an authority on a bucket of keywords you want to rank for. So it needs to have a lot of variety in, in the content. Um, and, you know, first page on Google is not what it used to be. Now with voice search, you know, Google's only going to show Google's only going to bring back one one listing. It's not going to mm, read back yes. the top ten. So yeah. you need to have an even stronger website to to compete. So it's it's really it is going to change a lot for sure. Right. Okay. So if we can just move slightly is into the other obviously the area that you specialize, which is di- digital marketing. What um, what exactly does digital marketing cover? Well, so I can speak on how what it means for us for at Ballantyne per- and the services perfect, that we provide. Yeah. Because okay. there's a there's a lot of things we could talk about digital, but for us, you know, the core strategies, and this would this would probably cover ninety percent of everyone listening. But you know, pay per click, so the okay. basically the the sister or the brother to to search engine optimization. And so pay per click, search engine optimization, um, content marketing that could be blogging, that could be white papers, that could be infographics, even video, um, and then. Social media and social media can be, you know, managing content for your social pages like Facebook, also running ads. Um, you know, Facebook's advertising platform is extremely sophisticated in terms of the targeting that you can that you can select from. Um, and then, you know, LinkedIn, LinkedIn advertising. And that's that's that has come a long way since Microsoft bought LinkedIn. Um, so that's well, when I think of digital marketing, it's it's using online channels, Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, et cetera to digital channels to reach your target audience okay okay so obviously we've got about three or four minutes left before we move into our second half so what are some key takeaways that you could give the listeners to help them improve on their digital marketing strategies that um are going to make life a bit easier for them i would say first thing is because mobile is so gigantic now it's only going to it's only going to improve uh, to increase you make sure that how does your site look on mobile you know if you're redesigning your website i think you can argue that you might even want to design mobile first and then desktop um, but at the very least when you're de- redesigning your website look at look at the really look at the mobile experience carefully because that's it's becoming more and more important you know google's index is now the, the you know mobile first so you know that shows you how important they think mobile is um, so that's the first thing. Make sure your site's really strong mobily. Um, I would also say sticking on sticking on the website topic of the website. Make sure you have plenty of call to actions. You know, often we'll get clients that you know their site there's just not many call to actions, and you want to make you don't want to have to you don't want your visitor have to have to, have to think. You know, put call to actions top right of the website. You know, above the fold, halfway down the page. You know, so add plenty of call to actions. Make sure your site loads very fast. Um, if you do those three things, mobile, uh, the call to actions, and a fast website, you know you're gonna you, you should see more conversions when you're doing SEO and pay per click. You should see more conversions from that. Okay, so there's a couple of things you talked about there. Number one is you talked about um, uh, focusing on mobile. Obviously, so when you say that is 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 that the assumption that not all website um, website templates are naturally mobile? compatible correct yeah some some 
I mean, it depends what you're building your site in. It, most, okay. you know, Word, WordPress is very popular, and you know, sometimes themes. If you're going, if you're using a theme, it's not as mobile friendly as as it should be. Um, also, oftentimes, if you design a site in WordPress, you're customizing the theme anyway. Um, or if you're starting from scratch, you know, designing a, a WordPress website and then coding it, designing a website and coding it into WordPress. Um, you, know, you need to make sure that the mobile experience, you know, the site loads fast, the the the, the text is readable. Um, you know, it's mobile responsive. So most WordPress websites are mobile responsive. It's just the, sometimes the responsiveness of the website is not that great and uh, user-friendly. Okay. And then the other thing you talked about is putting the call to action in the top right. Is there a reason for that? This is a very visible, very visible part of your website. It's a, okay. oftentimes where the eye goes when the, when the site loads up. And, and I think people, um, at least you know, I think most people are trained to look top right, especially it depends what kind of website you have. It's, if it's B2B, mm-hmm. you know, business to business, they're kind of trained to look top right for contact information where the, and they're trained to look in the footer for like social icons. Mm, yeah. Okay. I suppose. And, and the more and more that's going, it's the more and more we get trained and the more and more we get, it's naturally going to get just something that's always going to be like that. Yeah, and I would say, you know, if you're going to put your phone number in the top right or your you know, quote button or contact button, you know, make that little bar sticky. So when the person's scrolling down there, they're always going to see your your contact information. Um, you know, that's, that's what we do on our own website, actually. If you're an entrepreneur wanting to build a long-term, highly profitable business, then we invite you to pick up a copy of the new book, Rise of the Youpreneur, from best-selling author Chris Ducker. It's the definitive guide to becoming the go-to leader in your industry while building, marketing, and monetizing a future-proof business, catapulting you to expert status in your market and setting you up for entrepreneurial success for years to come. You can pick up your copy of Rise of the Youpreneur by visiting youpreneur.com forward stroke book or simply searching for it on any Amazon website. Brilliant. Excellent. Okay. Okay. So what we're going to do now is we're going to jump to the second part of the show where I get an opportunity to put you on the hot hot seat, so to speak, and get to ask you some questions. So are you ready? Yes, sir. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) First question is, is where, where is it? Oh yeah. How much time a week do you spend on self-development? So I, I'm really big into this. So, um, for me, it's about two hours per day. So, you know, you know, not, maybe not on the weekends, but sometimes on the weekends. So 10 to 15 hours per week. You know, I've got about a 30 minute commute to work. So I'm a podcast junkie and audible. So I, and it's always, I'm always listening to, you know, audiobooks around self-improvement and business and whatnot, entrepreneurship. Um, so that's about an hour per day. And then I have uh, a morning routine that I follow, which includes, you know, meditation, reading, um, you know, exercising, which I, you know, I consider all that to be self-improvement. That's about an hour in the morning. So, you know, an hour commute, listening to audio, and then um, an hour in the morning with my routine. So about two hours per day. Brilliant. Excellent. Okay. Question number two is, what is your favorite personal development book and why? So I've got a bunch, but I, if I had to choose one, the one that first came to mind is The Compound Effect. Yeah. Um, which Brilliant. basically just talks about how the small things matter because the small things done every day, you know, they compound into, you know, into results. And so it's, it's, it was important to me. It was like a mind shift for me because sometimes you're doing things like, you know, it doesn't feel like you're making progress every day, but 
you know, if you look back over a month or the last or the last three months, you you know, it's amazing how those small little actions actually do compound into results. Yeah, and you make a really good point actually, because I think is is when you when if you don't stop for a second and look back and reflect and go, actually, what have I achieved over a period of time? You 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 very rarely actually see the progress you've made. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You can disappoint yourself and get a little bit down, maybe demotivated because you're not moving as quick as perhaps you want or getting the results that you're wanting because maybe you're impatient or something like that. But actually, when you look at where you've come from, you'll probably be really surprised at how far you've come. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, sometimes if I feel like I'm in a rut, I just remind myself, just keep on doing the little things every day and, um, and uh, you know, and I'll be okay. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, question number three is what's your favorite app? Yeah, so my favorite app, um, just piggybacking on my morning, morning routine, is a, an app called Calm. It's a competitor. It's like Headspace. It's a, it's a meditation app. And so, you know, they have a whole bunch of meditation routines that you uh, routines that you can follow in the app, but they have one that I use every day. It's a 10-minute daily meditation routine, and basically it's guided meditation and then they end each meditation session with uh, kind of like a life life lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just find it really interesting. It's only ten minutes. I, I really like it. I like the lessons at the end. So it's been a really uh, a really uh, it's yeah my favorite app. And what and what got you into meditation? What got you into that sort of that um, that philosophy? Because I just you know if you listen to a lot of like you know the Uber entrepreneurs like Tim Ferriss. Mm. Um, you know, and all the people that he interviews, like it, there's always a common thread that they all meditate. And so I was like, Hmm, there's gotta be something to it if they're all doing it, you know? Yeah. And, and then I read a book called the morning miracle. Um, yes. and you know, that's how stru- you know, structuring your mornings for success. And you know, a big part of that is meditation. So I was like, well, there's gotta be something to it. If, ever, if all these people are recommending it. And for me, it's just a way to kind of quiet my mind and it's mm. 10 minutes where I'm not checking my phone or you know, doing anything. I just, I find it trains my mind to be a little bit quiet and it's gotten a lot easier and, and it's a nice little refreshing break for me in the morning. Yeah. And it's such a, it's such a, it's like, it's like you say, it's, it's that, it's that brevity from the noise, especially in business today where, and especially in your business with the, that social side and the digital side where you can just sort of switch off and go, okay, just 10 minutes, just peace, quiet, tranquility, <laughs> nothing else. You know what it's like? It's like it's like restarting your computer. You know, when your computer's not yeah. acting, it's it's yeah. a little bit slow when you restart and all of a sudden miraculously it's fixed. Yes. Yeah, I look at it as like restarting you know, the, the computer. Absolutely, because you don't want to live your life until you get the blue screen of death, do you really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, question number four is, what's your biggest business mistake and what did it teach you? So this is not one specific mistake. It's almost, you know... It's really last year on the digital side, so it's a chain of events, really. Uh, but I, we learned a lot from it. So, you know, two thousand last year in two thousand seventeen, we didn't have on the on the digital side, we didn't really have a clear idea of of the exact kind of client that we want to work with, and as a result, we got a lot of clients that and several that were very large, but not a great fit for us. And for whatever reason, last year they all left us. And it was quite disturbing. And I was like, okay, what's going on here? And, you know, just in, in evaluating what, what happened, 
we just figured out that, you know, these clients really weren't a great fit for us. Um, like who do we really want to work with? And so, you know, we, we really fleshed that out and started implementing it in fourth quarter of, of 2017 and results started to really grow. And the first, you know, we're recording this in March of 2018, but you know, the first two months of 2018 have been fantastic. So, um, you know, what I learned from that is, you know, at least from, for, for our business or our agency, it's really having a clear, and I think this is applicable to a lot of different, uh, mm. companies really have a clear idea of who you serve best and who you want yes. to work with and yeah. focus on those people. And it's amazing what happens. Yeah. And I think, I think again, you bring this really good point up when, when you're, you really have to be clear on the type of the, the client you want to work with. Cause I think some businesses make the mistake of I'll work with any client, but you can get some real pain in the ass clients. Yes. And sometimes you don't, you don't need, you don't need that, crap in your life to be to be quite frank um you know there's there's all the the there's the importance of having you know the income coming in and the sales going through and all of that sort of stuff but sometimes you just have people that i'm sure wake up in the morning and just want to be awkward and but you don't <laughs> you don't have i mean i've you know yeah. i've 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 sacked clients because they've just deliberately tried to make life awkward and they, you know, they've not done the work they've said they're going to do. They've not, you know, they've not done something and taken responsibility for something. And I think sometimes you've got to have that confidence and you don't need that in your life because works, works work, but work should not always be difficult. Yeah, you're right. I'm it's uh, and, you know, and, and the, and the clients that aren't a good fit or the ones that are very difficult yeah, they're not even they're not even profitable anyway. Because yes, they might be paying your fee, but when you look at the time amount of time they might spend, they they might take, or yeah. the fact that you're just not doing a great job for them like you should be, and maybe yeah. you're not getting the referrals. So the the clients that aren't a great fit, they're not very profitable anyway. And no, and uh, no, absolutely, yeah, they're probably as you say, they're probably costing you more because you're probably yeah. speaking them more to them more. They're probably trying to make amendments more. They're probably doing all of that stuff more. And if you're still delivering the service that you deliver to everyone else, but they don't, they it doesn't resonate with them, then it's something's not right. And if it's something you do all the time, then how comes? Why does it necessarily have to be you that's the one that's broken? Yeah, I agree. So, you know, but I'm yeah. sure they wouldn't. But you know, <laughs> that's just the way it is. Okay. Yeah. I'm- so- Question number five is what are the challenges in harmonizing work and life and how do you manage them? Yeah. So this is a tricky question because I, I don't think I do a great job at it. I'm, so I've, I have three kids. I have three, uh, three daughters. um, And I I definitely work a lot. And sometimes I I think half the battle is just being conscious of it because sometimes I don't feel like I'm, present enough in front of them Mm. but i'm conscious of it so because i'm conscious of it i do make an attempt so if i catch myself on my phone when they're trying to talk to me i put the phone down so i think for me it's uh just being conscious of of having a balance and making making a true effort to to be be fully present and if i have a couple days where i'm not doing very well with that then i try to make up for you know take them to the movies or Mm. You know, my wife and I go out on date night, things like that. So I don't think there's really any any easy answer because, you know, to build a successful business, at least in my opinion, it just takes a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I enjoy it too. You know, I, I like I like work. Um, but 
obviously your your family is um, is more important. So I just think just being conscious of of having a balance is a good step in the right direction. And how do you how do you because this fascinates me and even from a personal thing is how do you harmonize that when it's a family business? Um, it's yeah, it's you know it's never it's never been a problem. So you know, my dad worked a lot, and my uncle works a lot, um, but we also I, I I think we're good dads too, and um, yeah. and so there's never. There's never any. There's never really any issues. Are you are you are you saying how do we harmonize working for the family business, but also you know yeah, taking can, care like, of my family as well? Well, can you can well like when you have family occasions, can is there an element where your family can detach from work and be a fa- and and get on with the family stuff, or does sometimes work creep in? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think we definitely do detach a little bit. But work does creep in. So, you know, I've got two brothers that work work here at Ballantyne. You know, between the three of us, we have 10 kids. So the kids get together, you know, fairly regularly. Yeah. And, uh, and they're, you know, off playing and creating chaos. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, we do work. We do talk about work a little bit, but not as much as you would think or around. Because, yeah. you know, obviously I, I see them every day, all day, so, you know, yeah. during the weekdays. So it's when we have yeah. like Christmas or Thanksgiving, it's, you know, a little bit of talk here and there, but it's not overwhelming yeah. by any means. Yeah, cool. Excellent. Okay. Okay. So question number six is what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known starting out? Two things. One thing, and I, I've never done this, so um, is get a mentor. <laughs> get a mentor. Okay. So I had to like give my advice, give the advice to myself when I was, you know, just starting out, get a mentor. Um, I guess I look at my audiobooks as mentors and the books that I read. Yeah. Cause I'm always, you know, trying to learn things from them. So it's sort of a mentorship, but not, yeah. not the same thing as having someone in person. So get a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would also kind of, I guess going back to the compound effect is, uh, is commit to daily effort. Even if it's only 30 minutes a day, commit to daily effort, either improving yourself or to improving your business, whatever that looks like. Take daily effort, and um, you know, you'll see results. That's brilliant. Excellent. Okay, question number seven is, what is your definition of success? So my definition of success is a few things. Um, it's you know doing what you – maybe not love, but do, do what you like or enjoy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's important. Uh, being happy, I, you know, I think that's – I think that's part of success is you know truly being happy, and you know sometimes that takes work, um, but I think it's really important. And then most importantly, though, at least you know for me, is continuous growth, continuous continuous improvement. Um, that's what I think I'm truly motivated by is is continue uh, is, is making you know myself better and better. So like I hope this year in 2018, I'm a little bit better than I was in 2017, and so that's what really what gets me going. I love that. That's brilliant. Okay, so um, now we you mentioned uh, the morning routine. It, is there anything else that you add to your morning routine? Because the next question is about the the morning routine. So you do your sort of you 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 listen to an audio, but you meditate and stuff. Is there anything else you do? Do you work out or anything else, or is that is that what you do? I'll I can give you my whole routine. So I wake yeah. up, I yep. make myself a green shake. Um, it's sounds a powder delightful. mix. Okay. Actually, you know what? It, it sounds awful, but the one I've got is actually pretty decent. I don't have okay. to like hold my nose and chug it. It's actually fairly decent. Okay. Um, and so I make myself a green shake. Um, 
and then uh, I I read for about ten to fifteen minutes. Um, right now, I'm reading Tools of Titan by Tim Ferriss. Yeah, uh, it's a monstrous book, so it's going to take me a while, but I'm re- that's what I'm currently reading. Um, and then I meditate. That's about ten minutes. I exercise. I, I I do. I go to the gym after work, but I also do like a quick little ten minute like body weight exercise routine for ten minutes, um, just to get the blood flowing. Um, and then I use. Have you ever heard of the five minute journal? Yes, I have. Yes. Yep. Okay. I use the app version on my phone. So I, yep. it asks you like what you're grateful for, what, what are you going to do to make today great? And so I use that to kind of rewire my brain to thinking about things that I'm grateful for and, you know, being positive. So um, that is what my morning pretty much every day looks like. Brilliant. Excellent. Yeah, that five minute, that app on the phone is brilliant. I love that because it's just, it just makes life, there's no excuses when it's on your phone. Yeah, because I already have it because I'm using the, yeah. the Calm app for meditation. Yeah, so exactly, yeah. It's already there. <laughs> it's in my hand, so. Excellent. Okay, so the last question is the life lesson question. So that's where you get to pick a number between 1 and 50, and it is based on a lesson that I've kind of like picked up over the last few years of recovering from an illness and starting my own business, and we use it as a our final discussion point. It's okay for you to disagree with it because, obviously, it's my life lesson. So pick a number between 1 and 50. Okay, let's go with number six. Number six, let go of the crap. Okay, oh, so like basically that. what this basically means is is there's going to be things that affect you. You know, you 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 something happens and you have a bad day. And what it really is about is it's not about taking it home and it's not about taking it to work. Because, you know, quite often what you find is, or certainly what I experienced was, is I would have a bad day at work, and then I would end up, unfortunately, whoever opened the door first and said hello to me (laughs) suffered the wrath of whatever was said. And the same thing would happen if, you know, I don't know, the kids, you know, spilt something on my shirt before I went to work or whatever it was, and the traffic was late, and then I walked in and something was going on at work, that unfortunately they would be on the firing line. And what I've what I've learned to do is is that you've sometimes got to sort of part for part of that is the meditation training is about being more mindful of your thoughts and just letting yes. it go and just about going okay it's just but it's also about what people say about you and anything else it's just about just let it go you know let their let their stuff fester on them but don't let it affect you and I'm just wondering what you think. I couldn't agree with that more. Uh, I think I think you're right. I think the meditation uh, meditation practice uh, definitely helps with that. Uh, being more being more mindful, and I'm also a, a huge component of avoiding negativity. Um, you know, not that you can, not that you're going to be positive every second of the day, but no. just making a conscious effort to be as positive as possible and to avoid the negative thoughts because I look at that as like toxins for your you know your brain, yeah. and so um, I think letting go of the crap. Um, yeah, it's, I think that's great advice. Yeah, and it's 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 one of those things, isn't it? Because it just it just piles, it literally just adds and adds. And if you don't learn to clear it, and and the truth of the matter is, is I didn't, and it ended up costing me six years of my life being ill, and, and not really paying any attention to my family, not working or anything. So for me, it was a valuable lesson of learning just to go. Do you know what? It's just not worth it, and you know. Petty arguments, petty confrontations, nothing. It's just not worth it. Just let it go. And so actually, what do you what do? You, well, for me, is the for me part of it is is 
what I do is I take three deep breaths. And as I blow out, I'm letting go of, of the tension. That's the first thing. And the mantra in my head going, it doesn't really matter. It's not really important. And actually, the big one was what I learned is that actually when you can let it go, it affects the other person more. Hmm. Because quite often the other person, not necessarily when your family come into it and stuff, but there's those people that want to see you get riled up. And actually it affects them more when you're not. Because because it's like, it's not working. And part of that was because I was bullied a lot at school. And my tactics okay. was to befriend the bully. Uh, so okay. um, so what I learned was, is what I tried to do is I always used to try and befriend, which was, trust me, that's, it's a tactic that very rarely works. And it's an extremely painful process. But <laughs> that was something that I thought was the right strategy to do. But what I ended up doing was is just going, it just it's not going to affect me and just walking through it. And so by letting it go and actually, fo- as you say, focusing on what you're grateful for, not focusing on what you're upset about and actually focusing on what's important and how you want to feel and how what you don't want to feel, actually they're the things that are important. Not the, not the traffic jam, not the guy that stuck his fingers up at you because he cut you in or whatever it was. That just It doesn't matter. Life's too short. Yeah, I I think uh, I, it's funny because I think like the meditation and 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 the the grateful app the the, gra- the gratitude whether you use an app or just a, a journal, I think it really just rewires your brain to to help you let go of the crap because um, I just find since I've been doing the meditation and, and the the gratitude practice for a while now. I find that less bothers me even like stressful situations when things come mm-hmm. up whether it's you know personal or at business, I find that it doesn't really affect me as much because, you know, because, maybe because of the training, but also because, all right, things like this have happened in the past. Yeah. It's going to be fine. It'll pass. It'll fix itself, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, it always does. And so at, at this point when things happen, you know, I, I, I just, I don't know. I just doesn't bother me as much. I guess I let go of the crap, like you say. Yeah. But it's amazing how many people don't practice gratitude. Yeah. It's stunning yeah. how many people just, Go, uh, uh, just get on that treadmill and don't actually stop for a second. And they actually don't stop until something, uh, and this it doesn't cover cover everyone, but the majority of people don't stop until they hit the, the brick wall. Something happens or, you know, or an illness kicks in or, you know, something serious happens. They don't stop and go, do you know what, that all of that stuff is really important and I've never stopped for a second and said this to that person or really thought about that for a second. And just by taking those, you know, as it says, it's five minute journal for God's sake, you've got five minutes. (laughs) If you can take five minutes when you wake up and when, before you go to bed and just go, this was great. Number one, you'll sleep great because you end in a positive. Number two, you'll wake up and you will, you will feel awesome at the beginning of your day, which is the most important part, because that'll set you up for how you want to feel. That doesn't mean, obviously, things are going to happen. But what it does is, 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 is like you say, is you're resetting yourself every day. So the stuff that you've compiled, you've actually cleared and focused within, um, what depending on when you do, but within a 24-hour period, you've gone back and gone, okay, this is this is actually what's going on great. And what I love, and I don't know if you do it like this or or not, but choosing three things different every single day 
is is really good because it really gets you to test that gray matter out and really look at the other things. Yeah, uh, actually, I, I that and that's what I, I do do that actually. So I cool. I try to think of obvious things like my family. Obviously, I'm grateful for yeah. my family, but I think of things that that I am grateful for, even if they're they seem kind of insignificant. Like um, uh, this is going to sound kind of silly, but like we have radiate radiator heating in our house, and so it makes like makes like a hissing sound, and it puts me right to sleep. And so I'll say something like that. I'm grateful for that because I sort of am, even though it's kind of insignificant, yeah. but. But you know, it's it just rewires rewires your brain to to look for the good in things, and uh, yeah, know, I yeah think, absolutely. I think this is going to become more, you know, because you hear about meditation and, and gratitude practice more and more on mm. podcasts. So maybe it's becoming more mainstream where yes. more people will, will benefit from it. But I think yeah. you know my biggest piece of advice around this is that you know if any of your listeners are going to to try it, you know, it takes time. You can't just do it for a couple of days and then be like, you know what, this is not really for me. You got to give it at yeah. least, you know. A, a good yeah. shot, like thirty days of solid effort of meditation and gratitude yeah. practice, and I, yeah. I'm, you know, if you do that, I'm, I'm pretty certain you, yeah. you'll stick with it. Absolutely, absolutely. So the final bit is the floor is yours. How can we find out more about you? How can we find out more more about Valentine's? You know, the floor is yours. L- let us know. Yeah, um, Jeff. So I actually have a, a landing page set up for for your listeners cool. um, with some um, offers on it and uh, some free offers. So. It's uh, our domain name is Ballantine.com. Let me spell that because it's not uh, not very easy to spell. It's B is in Bob, A, L L, A N, T I N E. Ballantine, like the beer, no relationship though. Ballantine.com forward slash success IQ. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Very grateful for that. Thanks. Thanks for having me on the show. Really appreciate it. No, thank you very much, and I've really enjoyed it. And um, keep up, keep up the the mindfulness stuff. And um, thank you for letting go of the crap as well. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, thank, thanks, Jeff. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Really you take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye, Jeff. This episode is sponsored by Rise of the Upreneur, the definitive guide to becoming the go-to leader in your industry and building a future-proof business. So first of all, just let me say a massive thank you for joining me today. It's lovely to know that you're out there listening. And it's great to have the emails that I get from you with suggestions about the show and what you think about the show. That's really nice. Really does help me make the show even better. If you'd like to find out more about me and the types of services I offer or my social media links, then please visit www.jeffnicholson.uk. You can also join us on the Facebook page. Just search for Success IQ Podcast. And that's a new page that we've put up that I'm trying to grow and develop. So you can tune in and find us on other stations such as Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and of course, iTunes. And if you'd have the time, it would be great if you could pop over there, leave a rating, leave a review, because it really does help me grow the show and make the impact that I'm really looking for. So just to say, I hope you have a fantastic week. I wish you the greatest success and I look forward to speaking to you next week. Take care.